Hi, I'm Jago Wynn, and welcome to the HTC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the Daily Bible Thought as we journey through Matthew's Gospel in the first part of 2021, and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today, it's Amanda Bell. Um, Good morning, everybody. I wanted to set the context for today's passage by looking backwards a few verses to when Jesus enters Jerusalem. And his first action is to cleanse the temple courts. And he drives out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the table of the money chargers and the benches of those selling doves. And it is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. And at the time of King Herod, he had rebuilt the temple, as you can see, as this grand edifice and a tourist destination to make Jerusalem a kind of prime hotspot. And in the outer court areas, the pilgrims and the foreigners were being overcharged, (coughs) excuse me, to buy sacrifices and temple coins. And Gentiles weren't allowed any further than the outer courts on the pain of death. But God had always meant the temple to be a place where everyone could come to worship him freely. So Jesus is angry because rather than a bridge, the temple had become a barrier to the worship of God among all peoples, a place where the poor are exploited and the Gentiles were excluded. And that quote is from Isaiah 56. And it says, any foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord, their burnt offerings and sacrifice will be accepted on my altar. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And today God's house is found in his people in the church. And what we see here is that church is for everyone. And that is the context for our passage this morning. It is the day after, and once again, Jesus is in the temple courts. And he begins to teach in verse 23. And immediately the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching. And you can get why after yesterday's antics. And all the way through the Gospels, we see this opposition between Jesus and the religious leaders of his day. And by the time we get to Matthew 23, Jesus accuses them that they do not practice what they preach. You hypocrites, tying heavy burdens on men's shoulders with their traditions and their complex rules. Whereas when Jesus is teaching, he makes God's word available to everyone because church is for everyone. Jesus welcomed the poor and the outcast and he hangs out with the sinners. So the everyday normal people love him but the religious leaders hate him and they are deliberately trying to catch him out by asking this question, who gave you this authority? But Jesus knows their game and he bats back a question about John the Baptist in verse 25, which of course they can't answer. And then he continues to show up the religious leaders with a parable because church is not about religion either. He says in verse 28, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered, but later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? And they replied, the first. And all the way through the Bible, the image of a vineyard is used as a metaphor for the kingdom of God in the Jewish nation. 
And Jesus is reinforcing his earlier point that church is for all peoples. Religious ethnicity won't be enough anymore. You can't just be a member of the club. But what Jesus says here is also another kick in the teeth for the religious leaders in their hypocrisy, because they know that Jesus is getting it merely saying the right thing, I will, sir. It, actually, it isn't any good. Practice what you preach. Because the kind of religion they were teaching was all about externals, belonging to that club, looking good on the outside, but not allowing gospel goodness to permeate from the inside. And actually, I think that's a warning to us as well. Because as with another famous parable about two sons, we can also imitate the religion of the second son. We can say, I will work in the vineyard, I belong to the club and I wear the right clothes. I believe the word of God is true, I just haven't quite committed to reading it seriously yet. And yes, I will get stuck in into church and serve in a team. I just, you know, I just haven't had time to sign up yet. And I absolutely believe in financial giving. I, I just haven't quite been able to sort out this month's yet. You know, I'm a disciple. And if it's all talk, but there's no change in our lifestyles, are we really disciples? Because encountering Jesus will always change us if we let him. He wants radical disciples who are committed to working in his vineyard. And at HTC, our vision is to see every life bearing fruit for Jesus. That means being transformed by Jesus from the inside out. Because church isn't just about religion, being a member of the club, about keeping a set of rules, about turning up and looking good. Jesus cares about the state of our hearts. And the tragic thing is that the chief priests and the elders miss out the invitation to come in the work, work in the vineyard too, to join in with the kingdom of heaven, just like the first son, who at first glance looks a bit hopeless, but later changes his mind. And in verse 31, Jesus said to them, Truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. And I think what Jesus means by this is watch out because it's the sinners who receive God's grace more readily than the religious. The religious leaders set boundaries around the temple courts to forbid the unclean sinners from encountering the glory of God's presence. But Jesus let the sinful woman touch him. When we draw near to God, we realise that actually we are all sinners. But as we draw near, we receive this amazing grace which sets us free from sin. And that grace is not a secret to be kept. The kingdom of God was available to the tax collectors, to the prostitutes, to Gentiles, to me and to you, for plain old ordinary sinners, because church is for those outside its walls. And William Temple, who was a former Archbishop of Canterbury, famously said that the church is the only society on earth that exists for the benefit of its non-members. And as Jesus' teaching in the temple calls to administer the grace of God to all peoples, it is those who minister within that temple that are trying to chuck him out. And, you know, you can see the irony here. And the people that got it were those who knew they needed it. Sinners despised by society, and they were entering the kingdom of heaven first. And it is such a joy to read because, my friends, this is the gospel. It's grace. And it's a challenge to read because I think of the church and I wonder how easy is it for someone not from the normal church demographic to join in? Or are we just like another religious club?
and it's a motivator to read because it wants me to pray more for our Revitalised 250 project. Part of that project is to make the church more of an outreach centre, for example to have a pregnancy crisis centre and we would be truly serving the people of Clapham, making HTC a space where we're able to serve those outside its walls. And I want to end with the passage from Isaiah 56 again, but using the message translation because it makes this point so well. And it says, as for the outsiders who now follow me, working for me, loving my name and wanting to be my servants, all who keep my Sabbath and don't defile it, holding fast to my covenant, I will bring them to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. They'll be welcome to worship the same as the insiders, to bring burnt offerings and sacrifices to my altar. Oh yes, my house of worship will be known as a house of prayer for all people. Amen. Thanks, Amanda. Today we thank God for answered prayer and baby Daniel, who we've been praying for on HTC Daily, is now home from hospital and well. And he came and joined us uh, with his parents, Lisa and Luke, and we thank God for his healing. And then we prayed for Sarah Everand's family and friends and the women who now feel more unsafe on the streets. Um, And we um, prayed as well for the lost, that they would find their home in Jesus. Thanks for listening to HTC Daily.